Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hey, what the actual fuckers? Stay tuned to the end of the episode for a very exclusive clip of the This Country book read by Kerry and Curtin. Hi, I'm Ashley Maguire, aka Big Mandy, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man that loves to listen to David Gray in the car every single time we go out, and now we will find out his favourite David Gray song is... Babylon. I was kind of hoping you're going, I don't know any David Gray songs. That's the only one I do know. Oh, is it? Yeah. I can't... Oh, actually, this year's, is it this year's love? Yeah, yeah. That's only from the film, though. And uh, I know he likes a little head wobble when he sings. There you go. That's about all I know about David Gray. It's Neil! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, okay. are you a fan of David Gray? I used Gray? to like David Gray when he first came. D- David Gray and Dido. I like Dido. Remember Dido? She just had a new album out this year. Did she? she? Yeah. It's good. I didn't know. Dido. Dido. Dido, Dido. I'll have to have a listen. Anyway, our super fan guest this episode is a broadcaster and a presenter on our favourite local radio station, BBC Radio Gloucestershire. She loves this country and she loves country music. So let's shout yee-haw, cockwombles. It's <laughs> Sophia Franklin. <laughs> yee-haw, cockwombles. Yee-haw. There's what another an T-shirt. introduction. <laughs> Thank no. you guys so much. First it's... question is, do you like David Gray? <laughs> I'm so glad you said Babylon. I was like, there's a song. I know one of them. I don't know the name. Bingo. That is it. What other big hits did he have then? Um, I, that, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I just used to like the songs. Did I he have a remember. song called something about ladders? No, I think White Ladder was the album. Oh, right, OK. Welcome to the David Gray podcast, everybody. I was going to say, <laughs> Sorry. you know far too much. It is relevant to this country, though, David Gray, it, isn't it? It is. So, it is. Keep going. What what about David Gray? <laughs> Sophia, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Good. How are you both? Thank very you very well, much for coming you. to our little shed. I love it. I want to be here all the time. Well, there's a seat there always for you if you want to come. I, I would say probably not all the time. Probably wouldn't yeah. be wise to kip in here, would it? I was going to say, it'd be a bit worrying if I come in on a Sunday and you're just sat there in that seat. Just in the dark. Nice little fire <laughs> 
I mean, this is the ideal. I've got a little flat. Yeah. 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 Bring, bring you some bread and cheese and you'll be well aware. Sounds like what the wine is, man. Bread and cheese. <laughs> you know, to treat the guests. I, I do know how to treat the guests. Um, as we ask every superfan guest, uh, mm. how did you find out about this country from the very start? Well, I think it'll be no surprise that it was through work. Everybody was talking about it. But I was a bit of a late bloomer. It took me a little while. But I'm like that with all series. It took me a little while to actually get to the point to sit down and watch it. I knew I'd like it, but I actually began watching it because I finished Young Offenders on right. the iPlayer. Okay. okay. And I was in love with that. Had a little hole in my heart. And then it, the next one that came up was This Country, and I thought, right, let's do this. And do you know what? I bet everybody says it, but This Country, you know... They are my brother and I growing up, but we're possibly slightly posh version. (laughs) (laughs) So I grew up in a rural Gloucestershire village. We did all the things that they do. And I, you know, Kerry and Curtin, it's it's me and Tom. It's me and my brother, but, you know, a little bit different. So it could be called This Country House, maybe. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) My my mum, we call her the Duchess. She would probably enjoy that. There you go. There you go. Can I just apologise if you can hear barking? uh, Because that's probably next door's dog, if you can hear that in the background. I thought you had kennels. Oh, God, it's like it sometimes. Anyway, (laughs) Neil, carry on. It's his puppy farm, yes, at the back where he sells (laughs) them. (laughs) No, no, that is not true. That is not true, no. No, no. Um, I was going to say, so did you have other characters in the village you grew up, like Big Mandy? and? Uh, yes, uh, Big Mandy was definitely a younger version. We had a young version um, who was terrifying, but, you know, lovely in parts. Um, had a vicar. We spent a lot of time at the vicarage. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, we actually did. I think that's a village thing, though, because we do. Oh, youth clubs galore. We were there every Saturday night. And actually, I'm pretty sure, I won't name names, but I'm pretty sure the vicar's wife didn't like me very much because the one year they bought a chocolate fountain and I was all over that. All over that shit. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. really? And it got to the point where I, thought, I think she thought, right, Sophia's coming this week, I'm not going to crack it out because she'll be all over it. <laughs> that's why I had to get into exercise, really. But we had all the characters, yeah. I mean, mm. you had, you know... Um, it, it, you know the loner down the road, and we had you know we had younger mates of all ages. My brother's six years older than me, and he was friends with people who were six years younger than me. Right. So it was just kind of that village life where mm. everyone banded together, and obviously they spend a lot of time in the bus shelter. We had a green electric box that everyone would sit on. And it was kind of a privilege if you made it, you know, if you were first on the electric box, meet you at the green box by the village hall, yeah. and you were kind of king of the castle that day. Wow. So where did you go when it rained? Um, home. <laughs> <laughs> didn't go out, that was it. But I even did the two dinners thing. Oh, did you? Yeah. My Double God. dinners. <laughs> no. So I'm sat watching it going... Oh, Jesus, this is me! Yeah. <laughs> did you get, like, a, a tingle down your spine thinking, oh, my yeah. God, how, did they did they know my story? It, it brought back so many memories that you forget about. And I'm sort of thinking, yeah, I remember going to round to the Miller's house and, and you know, then go, do you want some tea, Sophie? And they going, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Tom's looking at me thinking, yeah, quid's in here because we know that Mum's got dinner on the table for an hour's <laughs> time. And then you politely go away and go through the door. Oh, man, what's the tea? Can't wait, you know, starving. It's just, it rang so many bells. It was, I could just relate to it so much. My goodness. So when it comes to things like Kerry being very happy in the in the village mm. and not wanting to leave, obviously that isn't something that, that happened no. to you. Did you want to leave 
your village from a very early age or I think so I mean it, it my parents still live there so it's very much home and I still have a very good knit um close-knit group of friends that are all for, we're all the village you know the villagers that's what we call ourselves and there's sort of six of us but gradually people started to move away but I immediately decided to go to high school in Gloucester so that was like a half an hour journey because I was just outside of Tewkesbury so that kind of gave them the taste of this bigger world outside our little village that didn't even have a bus. Right. So, you know, it was very much a different world. And I think from there, it became apparent that I just, I, I wanted to get out. So as soon as I got my driving licence, you know, I was driving and I was off. I went to uni, went to Cardiff and... Yeah, I did I did want to get out, but there is nothing like being at home and all of my friends from the village say it. It's really weird, you know, it's no place like home and that village, you know, feeling certainly comes back to you when you go when you go back. So you still you go back quite regularly. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And we we you know, we all meet up in the village and it, you know, there's no pub or anything anymore, so it tends to be at one's parents' houses or something. Or now. the green electric box just Yeah, of, I mean that's still there that's and still I kinda look at it fondly as well. Yeah. <laughs> no no sort of graffiti on it. No, just go back back and sort of strike it occasionally yeah. and think of the good times. Was there a pub in your village? Or? No. Not even a pub? There was, apparently, once upon a time, but that was, you know, that died to mm. death, along with everything else. Even the school's gone. <laughs> so it's the vicarage and the green electric box. It's essentially, that's, yes. That's sounds, my childhood. That's peaceful there, isn't <laughs> it? It's like the centre of the universe, isn't it? Yeah. Everything revolves around that green electric box. It really did. We had a, a you know, massive green field opposite, but we never went in there unless it was the occasional game of football. But the green box was where everything centred around. The hub. It was. That was the hub. So um, in Series 1 then, once you got through those, you managed to binge it. Did you binge straight from Series 1 into Series 2 and then through? Or? Yes, pretty much. Um, but I enjoyed Series 2 way more. Oh, did you? I just found it... I think I found it funny. I, I think the first series you got to know the characters and I loved it, but the second series just brought me so much joy. Uh, you know, I absolutely loved binge watching the whole thing. But the second series, I kind of noticed they they almost seemed to get a bit freer with the with the storylines and the humour. And yeah, I thought it was so good. I really enjoyed binge watching it. Do you think you because you cared a bit more about the characters as well? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, with Carrie, I I, I kind of had a love hate relationship with her because she annoyed me at some right. point. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the second series, you obviously you get to know her a little bit more and you see the softer side of her, that kind of bravado of being the, the village bully and stuff falls away slightly. Mm. And then Curtin, he's got his whole care and vibe and all this stuff he does for her and I'm just sat there thinking, oh, I love these two mm. so much. And their relationship with the vicar as well, I absolutely loved. Yeah, she definitely had a more of a, a, a childlike quality in the second series yeah. because mm. we've said that before haven't we it seemed yeah. almost like Curtin was looking after her a lot more in the second series and there wasn't yeah. all that bullshit of I'm oh, I'm hard I'm big yeah. and I've got all these enemies there exactly. was a lot there was a lot more just a childlike figure well he he very much sort of grows up doesn't he you know with the getting his job and, and with the whole college thing to begin with and mm. then getting the job and you know he realizes how her dad's acting but she de- she definitely still tries to be this childlike figure and it's probably all to do with the dad and all that kind of thing mm. and you and you've I, I was on the edge of my seat most episodes hoping that the dad would redeem himself and they go come on Martin you got this yeah. come on and he just never did and he never did no nor no. do we want him to no do you no. know what I mean because yeah. I think it would change the dynamic if it did yeah no you're so right mm. actually I've not thought of it like no. that and I also, I also think it's, it's one of those shows that it doesn't there isn't a guarantee that there's always going to be a happy ending yeah which I, I think, think is good because that's life, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. we've we've surmised so many times that I'll, 
if they do a film, they'll go off to Tenerife mm. or they'll, they'll do this and they'll do that. But 95% of people in real life stay where they are. They don't get yeah. out. And, they, mm. and their life is like that for 60, 70 years until they die. And that's exactly what could happen to Kerry yeah. and Curtin. They don't have to go off and be great yeah. or or go and live in the high life of Stroud or, yeah. or, or wherever. <laughs> you know, it's like like it is. They're, they're, not everybody is like yourself and are able to get out and, yeah, and, exactly. and make a career of yeah. themselves. And there are people in the village who I know who have done that and are very happy and in similar areas, you know, growing up in Gloucestershire and I've got a lot of friends over in Worcestershire, which is very similar. And there are people who are quite happy with that small village and small town life. Mm-hmm. Sad wasn't for me no no <laughs> no but i mean i suppose it comes in different cut you've got people that are happy with it mm. there's people that aren't happy with it but can't get out yeah and then there are people that aren't happy with it and can get out and come back and i think it's the full circle thing for yeah. sure because my my mum lived in a, a country village to begin with then went away and did all of her career in bristol and then came back to where i grew up and it, it i think it comes full circle like, it will probably happen with me and i'll probably feel at home you know settling somewhere like that when you're older and See, my kids go through the same thing and wondering, yeah. are you going to be a Tom and Sophia or are you going to be a Kerry and yeah. <laughs> See what happens. And you take the kids up to the green lectures that you bought. <laughs> yeah. Now, this kids is it's a little bit sit. of family history, yeah. this one, yeah. So, much, so many memories here that you don't even know about. <laughs> no, exactly. I'll tell you when you're older. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably not. <laughs> so, the BBC, mm. uh, how did that all come about? Was that something that you wanted to do when you left the village? Um... No, I wanted to be a music producer for a long time, ever since I can remember. Um, why, why a music producer as opposed to maybe a musician or a pop star? Or I think those were always sort of the things that you think, oh, yeah, I'll do that. But music producer, I liked the technical. So my brother, again, my brother and I, as you probably guess, have a very close relationship. He was in a band and I'd spent a lot of time at his gigs and I kind of liked how it all worked with the mixing desk and hearing it all come together and I really liked listening to music. And as much as I enjoyed playing it, I had a better ear, I think, for how how things sounded. Right, Okay. And it kind of just made sense to me that music production was something I could pursue. I went to a grammar school in Gloucester and it was very much classical music was the thing and that's what you do. I think it's probably a little bit of rebellion in me was like, but there's this whole cool side of things where mm-hmm. you can make sounds and you can record live stuff and and produce albums and, and find talent. And I guess I wanted to be the next Simon Cowell. It's probably X Factor, right. if I'm being truthful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, I, I, I really wanted to go for it. So I went to a different college and started studying music technology. And I went to uni and did a year of it at university. But I remember walking into the university hall and I was one of three girls in a course of 60 guys and thinking, ooh, am I on the right course? And it became apparent that I wasn't. And then I started looking at other options and my mum was like, well, you've always liked, you know, reading the news and you like writing, why not journalism? Do you think, you, you know, you could go into music journalism? Hang on, just back a bit. You, you always liked reading the news. What you mean, you pretended... Like consuming. Oh, not... right. I thought well, I was like going to say just reading it out loud. Pretended that you were like a newsreader. <laughs> Six ago. o'clock bulletin yeah. at the kitchen table. Hello, mum. Here is the news. <laughs> oh, I wish I did that. That Today, be way the cat cooler. shit on the carpet <laughs> yeah. and you need to clean it up. And we've run out of milk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, 
sadly, that is not the glamorous way that it happened. That, well, that would be a really nice story, wouldn't it? Should we go with that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I apologise no. for cracking it. But no, I just liked watching the news and I was interested in stuff going on and then realised that actually maybe journalism was a, a career for me. I never really thought about it. And then spoke to the, the course ma- course leader guy and he was like, yeah, come do it. And I, I did it and it was the best thing I've ever done. Did loads of work experience and found out that radio and the world of music production actually fit perfectly together and kind of combined all my loves of, you know, of production and of the news and music and stuff. And and then that's where I went. And I was pretty much fortunate enough to walk into a job straight away out of uni. I made sure I did. And my first day was on the day of the EU referendum results. Oh, really? Was it really? Yes, what's that, three and a half years yeah. ago? Yeah, goodness me. And it's haunted me ever since. <laughs> 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 You've never known a working day without Brexit. <laughs> no, that's the reality. It's a bit bleak, really, isn't that it? Is bleak. And, and that's it now for the rest of our lives. That is bleak. That's... Yeah, I wonder if I'll ever know it again. No, probably You'll not. You'll never know an answer oh, whether shit. we'll be in or out. <laughs> that's, right. that's like kids 20 years ago not knowing Liverpool have ever won the league. It's yeah. that, that kind. Of, it's probably going to be that long before Brexit is a, is never a thing. Yeah, it's no wonder Goodness I like me. wine, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could all be Sophia's fault. I mean, we might, Brexit might never have happened if Sophia hadn't have taken that yeah. job. <laughs> no, no, no. It was the day after the result. Oh, the it day wasn't after, the day right. off. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so right. you said you walked in. You made sure you walked into a job. Yeah. How do you make sure you walk into a job? I did a lot of work for free. Right. I worked my arse off through uni to the point where I was doing. So much work, it was probably slave labour. But I was just constantly knocking on people's doors saying, you know, remember me, can I come back? I've worked at Hereford and Worcester a lot. And then sort of knocked on their doors and and, and helped them out in times when they got, you know, when they were having sticky situations Mm. or whatever. I remember one of the guys had a car crash, so I was like, I'll drive the reporter to that interview. I was overly keen, probably very annoying. Um, But it paid off. And Mm. then I rang them when I was coming to the end of my last week, I think all my papers were being submitted. And the guy was like, yeah, come in for a chat. And I had actually been offered a job in Cardiff, but it wasn't very good pay. And it was kind of the idea at the time of maybe staying. I really wanted to come home, ironically. I wanted to go back to the village after <laughs> being in Cardiff for four years, <laughs> yeah. just for a bit. Um, and I just thought, oh, sod it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to take a risk. And it really paid off. And three days' work turned into a few weeks' work. And then I went over to Gloucestershire and... And they kind of gave me three months off off the bat, really. And and then I went for interview after interview and sort of said, I'm getting a job here. And then I am staff now and they can't get rid of me. (laughs) So if there's somebody listening to this that would like to sort of go down the route that you went Mm. down, is the key, would you say, is to to make sure that you're available for everything. If they are, whatever yeah. kind of menial job it is, you just say, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll exactly. try and be as keen as possible. Yeah, and try everything. I think there's a fine line between being keen and being a know-it-all, I'll be honest, because, you know, sometimes people think, oh, yeah, I know I know what to do. And mm. you think, actually, you know, you've got to have a bit of humility and, and, and be willing to say, oh, shit, I messed up there, or, or you know... Or, actually how do I do it and kind of learn as you go along so there's having that sense of humility with it but then making sure that you are available for everything and and not being afraid to put your hand up and going well what if I help with that or could I come along and and see what's going on with that but also try everything I did papers I did magazines I did radio I did tv and radio was kind of what sold it for me right so it, it it's very much try everything try it again 
bug all the people that you make contacts with, have a little black book of people that you can come call. And if there's any small opportunity, even if it's making the tea, do it because mm. it really pays off and it sticks in people's minds. I, mm. You know, there are people that come for work experience that I think are great. I mean, Maddie, Maddie was work experience, one of colleagues who's been on this, you know, she came and did work experience and I loved her because I thought she's so bubbly and keen and asks a load of questions and then look at her now, she's yeah. producing and presenting and it's mm. great. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely, I think, the way forward, for right. sure. Right. And is it something you'll keep doing to yes. get so what would be your end goal what, what what's the dream job i want to be a for? presenter on radio one yeah. <laughs> yeah and i also want to present country music shows on sure. radio one on um, radio two probably i'd like to do the whispering bob show on thursday nights on radio two okay. that's a pipe dream but actually you never know you know i'm 25 years old i love country music it's a bit of a niche as a girl mm. so i'm working my way towards there and i'm still knocking on their door and saying i'll come and work for you for free so it doesn't let up no matter where you get in the industry you know i kind of put my career in, in my pocket and say let's leave that there and go and almost start again mm. and be like can i learn yeah and i do it all the time I, you know i'd love to be on tv and present stuff like that i mean my friend works at itv and she's do she does the same people do it all the time when you're in the industry because you kind of as soon as you get through the door you're open to a whole host of people and email contacts and you know and, and people that you can just go and ask them if you can have some advice or some help or go and watch. And then you just go from there, really. And that's how you learn, I think. Mm. And people do it all the time, no matter how old you are, really, within the industry, which surprised me how many people sort of say, oh, can I come and watch at your station? And they're sort of in their 40s and they work at, you know, I don't know, a paper locally or they're on the admin side of things at the BBC or they're down at Points West TV, you know. It, mm. People do it all the time. Mm. And you can imagine a lot of the people that are top name presenters now started off as runners in studios yeah. and yeah. people that just worked on work experience or something yeah. and then have worked their way up. I mean, I, mean, I, I remember Davina when she was a MTV oh, yeah. exactly. disc jockey. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Greg James started off doing hospital radio and mm -hmm. and, and so did Nick Grimshaw. He did a similar thing. And, and then you've got people like, is it Helen Skelton? She's She started off doing, what, CBBS or... That's right, she blew Peter, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, but even before then, I think she did hospital radio. Now she's gone into doing heart and stuff like that. So, it, you know, it, it's it's the way forward. People start off small and you somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And if you're mm. willing, you can make it, I think. So have you ever thought about things like podcasts, doing a podcast? Yes. I want to do a podcast, actually, at the moment. Um, I've spoken about it quite a lot. I um, live with endometriosis. It's a, a gynecological condition, which has been in the news a lot lately. Quite open about it because it's something I can never change or cure. Um, but there's not a lot of women talking about it. And I think there's a vehicle there to, to talk about that through podcasts. So that's something I want to get going. Um, this will be a voice for women. And also, again, country music. I was just, that was the reason that I asked mm. the question because, I mean, something like that, especially. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming, I, mean, I haven't, looked, to be honest, I've, I've never looked for a, a country yeah. podcast. Normally when I'm checking on our podcast, you'll see a couple of country yeah. podcasts coming up because of this country. But as a British side of it, yeah. that would be quite a nice little niche yeah. kind of thing you would have thought. There are, there are people who do it and th things, there's radio stations like Chris Country and Country Hot Hits who sort of release their own podcasts and, and do that. And then there's a lot in America that have sort of, uh, punch through the market here there's like a, a women in country i heart women in country podcast which does really well but it's a lot of american women mm. and people listen to it over here because the uk country scene is there it's just very very small 
So I would love to do that kind of podcast, but it's it's waiting for the UK industry to get that little bit bigger. I think because I've met most I've met most of the artists because I go to all their gigs, mm, right? And everyone it's this great little community where everyone knows everyone. I mean, I was uh, went and saw Jake Morrell the other week, and we sat and had a beer afterwards. And uh, Jess Thriston, she was there as well. And everyone's just saying hello to each other, which is mad when mm. you think about it because they're doing big gigs and they're headlining for a lot of American <laughs> artists. But there isn't, I don't think there's quite enough just yet to do a podcast that I think would need to be long term rather yeah, than doing yeah. like a six episode, you know, series. I think it needs to be something with long term. An ongoing yeah. Yeah, sort of podcast, yeah. So, so how did you get into country music yourself then? I have no idea. Absolutely no idea, but I love it. <laughs> so it wasn't from your, either your parents or anything? I, my brother likes it, my mum likes it, but I don't think it was necessarily them influencing me. I think I just heard a couple of country tracks and really liked them. Um, I really liked Rascal Flatt's Life as a Highway. That was on the film Cars. Mm. And I remember thinking, that's a good song. I like this. I've not heard anything like this before. Um, And I also really like Walking in Memphis. I just think that's a great tune. And then I kept hearing these songs and thinking, they all sound quite similar and I really like that. And I think that's country, but it's like country Americana. And I kind of found it on my own. A lot of my music, as most people, was um, sort of shaped by my parents and my brother. But I found that on my own and I absolutely love it. And it just, there's always music for any mood you're in, whether you're heartbroken, whether you're on top of the world or Mm. just kind of fancy switching off and zoning out a bit. There is really an artist or a song for everything. And I just think it's such a good genre and one that isn't, sort of talked about enough which is why I bang on about it all the fucking time so do you, do you like like the classic country like John Denver and, and people like that not so much I'm more of a modern country girl I do I love John Denver and you know and Dolly Parton and, and there are people like Blake Shelton who's kind of that bridge between yeah, yeah. you know the, the classic and the modern country but I like people like Luke Combs and um, Kit Moore and th- those guys and I've been to see Cam I went to a country music festival back in September with, there was a load of us there I'm going to see Brett Aldridge in Birmingham in February. Have you heard of the Black Feathers? No. Oh. Oh my goodness! Sorry, I'm excited. Sorry, yes. band. Oh really? And I tell you, I mean, we know and we're good friends of mm. of them, <gasps> and they will knock your bandy. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would say see them as as soon as you can because they seem to be getting more and more into America. Yeah, they've now. got they've gone off to America a couple of times. It's, it's well, no, a husband, a husband and wife duo, and. Oh. I mean, what album, Soaked to the Bone was their yeah, first was album, wasn't it? And it is beautiful. every single track. And the the best thing about them is what they sound like on the record is exactly what they sound yes. like live. And that's what I love about country music, because often it's so authentic. It's mm. not overly produced. I guess it's that music production side of me coming out again. It's not overly produced, and, and the voices are so pure. Mm. I went uh, when I when I was talk- went and saw Jess Thriston and Jake Morrell. They were um, as part of this uh, Nashville in the rounds thing, which is where they go and do acoustic songs and kind of try out new songs. And it, there's four artists on the stage, and they take it in turns. And you're in this small room with about fifty people, and it's so intimate. But the sound they create is incredible. Mm. And then you listen to them, and actually, even the record's not quite as good as them live. No, no. I, I would agree. Which is amazing. Yeah, so I would agree I'll with definitely that. go and see mm. them live. Uh, do you guys know Two Ways Home? No, I've not heard He's of He's from, I want to say, uh, oh, is he from North Leach? Or is he from Nailsworth? 
Well, in the beginning of the end, the okay. guy. <laughs> yeah. um, she's from London, but um, they're really good, and they're performing in, in Gloucestershire a lot. Oh, they're right. good. Okay. So okay. there's my recommendation to you both. Wonderful. So have you ever been to Nashville, then? No. I was supposed to go. <laughs> that was said with regret, then. Yeah, no, I was supposed to go. Um, we were going to go, my brother and I, his wife and my boyfriend at the time were going to go. And then, sadly, the boyfriend at the time became no longer boyfriend. Um, so <laughs> the trip got put off. Oh, so right. I, I went... Where did we go? We went to Tunisia instead. Yeah, right. um, which is not the same. But Nashville is on the cards. I absolutely want to go. And I will go when I can go over there and spend three weeks there and just sit in bars. But mm. my auntie's been over there. Not better at all. But <laughs> <laughs> um, she texted me the other day going, I've just been out on the, on the main strip bit. There are sort of five-storey buildings lining the street. Every single floor has a band. Every single you know, building is full and there's just so much music. And I think I'd be in my element. I probably wouldn't come home, which is probably a little I bit of a concur. risk. I can concur you will be in your element. Yeah. Have uh, you been? Yes. Oh, no! <laughs> tell me about it. Well, I was only there for two days. Please so I... tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I won't be. But we did the Grand Old Opry. But when we oh. went, there was a Lee um, jeans sort of oh, yeah, yeah, fashion yeah. thing. So there was... There was a lot of people there that I had no idea who they were, but the friend I was with, obviously from America, kept saying to me, that's such and such, and I'm like... <laughs> Wasted. Yeah, Wasted. it probably was. <laughs> but it was great. It was for the fact that you I didn't spend hardly any money, mm. apart from buying a beer in the bar. Yeah. There's Everything so much was, there's entertainment. There's so much to do. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just think... People keep saying it's kind of like the LA, you know, Hollywood lights and all of that, and it's turning into a bit of that kind of scene. But I think there's still some authenticity there, and and I want to do that, and then I want to go down to New Orleans and kind of soak up that side of things. So I'll get there. God, you've got a lot. You've got a lot in your future. Yeah, (laughs) lot to do. Going to be a busy girl. (laughs) When you do Nashville, you've got to make sure you've got your podcast going. I know. So you can do that from Nashville. Yes. Oh yeah, I like that plan. Yeah. And then I can record it from there. Hopefully it's, somebody will pay for the trip. Well, because we went to LA we five years ago. Business trip. We, I called my wife. I called, said to my wife it was a business trip um, because <laughs> we not? had. Well, well, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. Although we did, we did meet a few of our fans that had listened to some of our podcasts. Yeah. And we, we did work. A lot. We did. We did. We did record some podcasts over there, and I think it was great to be able to do that. Yeah. That you 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 in such a place like LA that you can mm. meet interesting people. We went to a museum of death. Oh, wow. We went to all these different places that we made a point of trying to go to places that were a little bit off the beaten track yeah. and places that we got invited to by yeah. some Liverpool fans at an Irish pub at like six in the morning to watch a Liverpool game and stuff. Yeah. And it was fantastic. It was great it was, fun. It was knackering, it was tiring, but it was so much fun. And the fact that you're using the podcast as an excuse mm. to be able to go over and do it, like you say, it's a shame that nobody could pay yeah. for us to go over. But at the same time... But I think if you don't get everything, as much out of it as you possibly can, it kind of feels like a waste. Absolutely. Because there's so much to do. And I remember when we were planning it originally, I said to my brother, I was like, right, I want to do this, 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 this and this. And he was like, hold on a minute. You know, and we need time to relax. And I was like, no, we're doing it and we're doing it properly and we're going to be knackered at the end of it, but I don't care because exactly. we're going to have a hell of a good time. Exactly. Well, the first day we were there, I, I think you stayed up like 20 hours, didn't you? And yeah. I stayed up for like 26 hours because we just, we oh, wanted, wow. we had these things to do. Yeah. And we just wanted to make sure we got it all in because yeah. we had some. Uh, some guy came and picked us up in his like open top Corvette, like oh walking God. walking through the well, driving through the streets of LA at like five in the morning to go to this Irish bar. Yeah. In a, in no a convertible idea. Corvette. Yeah, it, it, no idea it who he was. It's just all done through. I mean, it, again, could have been a 
serial killer? We have no idea. We just isn't it funny though how you just trust people when it's in like the media and podcast yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then the two people, uh, a lovely couple that that came and picked us up. They were going to show us Hollywood Bowl and the mm. Hollywood sign. Again, we just got in the car with them. And off we went all day, didn't we? (laughs) They could be wearing our skin for hats now. I feel slightly privileged that you both sat here still. (laughs) There are times when I do lie in bed and think to myself, we were really lucky with that. We could have been walking and driving around with anybody. I mean, to be fair, I nearly had an accident in their car, didn't I? I was so close to, to... to having an accident in their car. Oh. Yeah, bottom-wise. Oh, oh my yeah. God. That well, was... It was a day that we just seemed to eat. <laughs> they took us everywhere that you could eat. So we did the, the, like, the barbecue, then the ice cream place, and then this Cantor's Deli. Cantor's Deli, very famous. Um, Venice Beach. We were oh, just constantly, like... Eating. Did it all end in hot wings? Was that was it hot wings that set no, you off? It was what, Cantor's, what, it, what it, it was, it was Cantor's, and because we hadn't found an IHOP, which is International yeah. House of Pancakes, I said I'm going to have a, a breakfast. This was like eight in the eight at night, yeah. so I'm having pancakes and sausage and and bacon and all you know, syrup, syrup. And the whole lot. <laughs> we get in the car and we're about we're driving for a couple of minutes because the next stop was to take us back to our um, hotel. hotel, and I'm thinking. I need the toilet. I need the toilet. And I just said, said to them, I said, I'm really sorry. I said, but I don't feel very well. Yeah. And I thought, if if we go over a bump, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna paint the inside of this <laughs> this car. I was sat next to him. I was worried. And I thought to myself, Did oh you not, my. Like, was there no like smells just creeping the, out? No, because you know that. Well, I don't know whether you've ever had that feeling <laughs> where you you get the fear. And oh, you, the fear. And I was. And you've never held on to anything so tightly in your life. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I haven't got strong stomach muscles anyway. I don't even know if I've got stomach muscles. They're all covered in meat and you gravy. Did then. <laughs> I, but I did then. Yeah. And I can. I remember saying to them, and they said, well, we're nearly at your hotel. And I said, that's great. I said, any chance that you could drive us to the door? So they drove me to the door. I never got that key in that hole as quick. You never shut the door? I never shut the door. <laughs> and uh, it all went off. It all just went off. And oh, I can God. remember. But we, I was outside talking to the couple, and we were chatting away. we hadn't said goodbye. Hadn't we? And the, his, so the door to the bathroom wasn't open, but the hotel, his doors. <laughs> and we, we were, three of us were stood there, and I was like... sniffing I'm thinking oh dear just no one light a match whatever you (laughs) do so I just yeah I just shut the door and then said goodbye but oh that was the closest I've ever been and Oh, goodness me. Does that kind of swamp the whole LA experience? Oh, oh, no, no. No, We had some fantastic stuff. But potentially, I mean, I could have painted LA brain <laughs> but to be fair <laughs> that was a, yeah. oh no not with me sat in the back <laughs> yeah, oh, no. No, could you imagine been... how embarrassing that would have been yeah they've although just what been, a story to they've just been and taken us out for the whole day they've been lovely they've right. taken us to see all the sights <laughs> and then what do I do just yeah. you're gonna go <laughs> they tried over. to get us into the observatory <laughs> they're doing that and telling the, the guard at the gate because oh. they would lock down for do some reason you know reason. what I think if I'd have done it I would have pretended to have passed out, I think I'd have gone, oh, I just passed out. Because I'd have, been, out. I'd have been so embarrassed. I'd have been so embarrassed that I'd, I'd have done just that. filmed a lot. I'd, that's, yeah, viral. That's yeah. shocking. Anyway, uh, back to the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it back to class. And by the way, we ate so much. We were skinny when we went to we, LA. We're we still were, trying to lose it now. We, we were, we were. No regrets. <laughs> we Own were. it. Honestly, I've never eaten so much in my life. It was, it was, it was bad. Good. I was going to say, the food great. was amazing, but it's um, 
So do you do a lot of travelling then? <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, I try to. I'm trying to do more and more now. Work kind of took over for the last, what, two years to begin with because you just want to get a contract and get going and yeah, get yeah. yourself established. But I do. I mean, I've got a lot of places on the list. This year I went to Tunisia and, and Morocco with my dear colleague Hayley Mortimer, who's our political correspondent who loves to travel. Um, and actually, similar thing happened. We just met up with some guys we met on Facebook. You, what, and you nearly pooed yourself no, out? No, um, <laughs> but probably. We could have, you know, been wearing skins for hats. Um, but they invited us. It was Ramadan and we wanted to break the fast. And Hayley, with so many followers and myself, we kind of put out a message on social media. I think my mum would have murdered me if she'd known beforehand. I told her afterwards. Right. Um, and we kind of said, we really want to break the fast. We're in Fez in Morocco. Can Is anyone willing to sort of let us into their home? We got so many messages from Moroccan guys like, "Come on, come and join us! Come oh, and join right, us!" Right, right. We should have maybe we were a little bit naive, but we we just thought, right, great. And we met this one, these two guys in particular who had Riyadh's like little hotels over there, and we went, um, not really knowing what to expect. And sort of went to the top of the rear because the Riyads are all pretty much one room, almost like this, but slightly bigger, um, but really tall because of the heat and everything and it being in such an enclosed space. And they sort of led us up to the top and you could see the whole affairs. It was beautiful and it was dark. And then they let out the, the prayer song... And it's sort of this this humming fills the city and everyone starts releasing cannons and stuff. And then you sit down to eat because they've not eaten all day as part of Ramadan and their fast. And there was so much food and it was one of the best experiences ever. And that was through the power of social media mm. and just saying, anyone, you know, will anyone be kind enough to let us into their homes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I went to Fez in, uh, in Morocco and Tunisia this year after New Zealand um, I've done parts of America, done Florida and things like that. Um, done Cannes, Finland, Austria. Australia is where I'm going this year. That oh, is on right. my list next oh, you... Christmas. Oh, I thought you had actually booked it. No, I, well, I'm waiting for my friend. She's just moved out there and it's all dependent on whether or not she gets a sponsorship <laughs> as to when I go. Oh, right. <laughs> so it'll either be September before she comes home or it'll be for New Year's Eve, which is what we'd love to do be in Sydney for New Year's Eve and and celebrate. Um, So, yes, that's on my list. And hopefully going to do another trip in February sometime. Need a little winter break. Can you recommend anywhere in February? Yeah, Aspen. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. I don't know. Weston's quite nice in the winter. Really, yeah, Weston. Yeah, Weston's yeah, with, with a pier. Yeah, <laughs> no, not in the winter. That's more of a summer place where you've got the white cars with the hoods down. Smart cars. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. Oh, God. Oh, God. Are you ready for this? No. Right, I'm going to give you... We're going to play... I'm really Ke- warm all of a sudden. No, <laughs> I feel the pressure. <laughs> we're going to play Kerry or Curtain. OK. So I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. You need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain. Oh, why getting, that... Because if you get it right, I'll give you a ding okay, on the bell. I thought there was like a timer. Oh, no, no, no. There's no. no timer. No. Are you ready? Yes. Number one. Over there, we saw Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Curtain. Well done. And why is that such a special bit of uh, dialogue? Um, I don't remember, because he lives there. No, because it's the very first line. Oh, is it? It's the very first line in this country. so long ago. There you go. One out of one. Number two. If you had a bucket list, that's fine. Just don't drag us into it. Kerry. (gasps) Well done. That's what she's talking about, slugs. Bless him. Yeah. Number three. Thing is, though, it's buzzing up there. Oh, a curtain. 
That was Kerry. Oh, no! Went curtains down in Trowley Bottom Farm, oh, waiting for yeah. Kerry, oh, yes. and Kerry comes back, talking about the Dalek. Two out of three. Number four. Do you know what? I'm just going to have to go home and have a think about it. Curtain. That's Kerry. Oh, for goodness sake. Talking to Mandy about the tattoos. Oh, yeah, I was thinking it was about the college. <clears throat> no, there you go. Number five. That's great news. The plot thickens. Oh, well, now I just don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All the confidence is gone. Curtain. That's when Slugs bad. comes back and says that he knows where Rob Robinson is. Oh, yeah. So Some three out of five, that's, that's good. Respectable. That's a good score. Thank you. That's Thank you. That is a good score. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. So you should be. So do you have a favourite episode then in this country? Yes. I. It's vague in my mind, but I remember very much enjoying the A&E episode when Kerry breaks her leg and rings up all the mates. Yeah, spread the word, spread the word. It's, what is it, breadsticks in a blender? Like a breadsticks in a blender, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because the same thing happened to my brother. Oh, my God. He, got hit, he, he was a bit more dramatic. He got hit by a car. Oh, my God. I was very young. Um, the whole village came out what's going on what's going on and Tom gets put on the kitchen table and wrapped up and I'm sort of ushered out into the other room but I remember everyone sort of ringing me going is it true oh my <laughs> God. I was like yeah it's bad it's in like loads of places so how old were you at the... I must have been I think Tom was he was 12 I think so I was 6 so oh I was God. quite young but like it was it was the time where everyone were Come, everyone just come to the house and sort of knock on the door and what's, what's going on? A bit of excitement in the village. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that very much re- reminded me of some probably not so funny times at the time, but I found it hilarious looking oh back. Oh, my God. I just love how she amps it up as well and they're there for six hours and he gets so annoyed with her. And I love the sign because that's a Cockwombles episode, isn't it? It is. That is the Cockwombles. It's great. And I love Cockwomble as a, as a slur. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Cockwomble. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so where would you obviously Series 3 will be out early 2020 mm. what would you like to see happen in the future I don't know I've thought about this a lot and I think it's it's difficult to know where it will go next I feel like maybe Kerry needs to sort of do a bit of growing up and I'd quite like to see that and I'd also quite... in what in what way though? How, how would you like to see a girl? As in, like get some more getting a job, get, or get a job, get yeah. some kind of responsibility. Yeah, I think that's what I'd like to see, and maybe them sort of divert away slightly from the vicar and come into their own a bit more. Maybe I think they both need to sort of slightly slightly grow up, but still be them in their response. You know, with their roles of responsibility, still completely fuck them up probably, <laughs> and end up losing whatever responsibility they have. But I think that kind of feels like the natural progression to go I also really want to see Carrie's mum do you I, I'm really? desperate to do yeah you? it probably ruined it for me entirely but I just I'm like get your ass downstairs <laughs> woman <laughs> you see <laughs> I've, see I've you. always said that you should only see her feet like Tom and Jerry well, yeah some, just enough but yeah who would you think should play it then if, if... oh god that's a whole other I mean because it would have it, to be Daisy it's Daisy's it? voice so whether they do the old split screen thing what and uh, mm-hmm. body suit her and up, body suit her up to so yeah, that would be good. Wish they could do that. Yeah, I think that that 
maybe. I think I like your idea of the feet. I think just enough. Or every time you see her, there's something obscuring her face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. Idea. <laughs> yeah. Just like a big newspaper yeah. or like a massive or, plate of food. Into the, the kitchen and the frying pan is hanging. So it's right like, there. Yeah. It's like the Austin Powers when he's doing his dance That's and you it. can't quite yes. see what's Yeah, yeah, yeah everything exactly. Like there's like a vase just like yeah. in her face when she's talking. But I just like the fact that every, she's, she's like this couch potato that never gets out of bed, yet there's always dinner in the oven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, you must have got down there. How have we just missed you? <laughs> exactly. Those houses in North Leach have got dumb weight. So they just send it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's got yeah. full cooking in her bedroom. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what I wanted to see. But I'm, I'm just, I, I trust the the writing. I trust them to to just know where they want to take it. I'm sure they've got so many big plans for so many more series. Mm. I'm excited to see where it goes because mm. I didn't really know where the second series was going to go, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much it made me laugh and how the characters had evolved. And like you said at the start, you know. You become, you care for them, and you become sort of at one with them and what they're doing. So when it came to the end of series two, when they had the the the, the cliffhanger of like yes. what Daisy was going to do or what what Kerry was going to do, did you sort of did you get that right? Did you sort of try and think, well, I wonder what they're going to do for the special, or no? Did you just like just watch it and not try? I and... just I tried not to think about it right. and just sort of watched it, and and because I binge watched it, I think I didn't have to think about it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it just came, and I and I was like. It, it made sense to me, and I think I, if I'd have thought about it more, it probably would have gone like that in my mind. But I was, I was slightly. I think I wanted Carrie to take a little bit more ownership of everything that went on and sort of have a moment. And but I, like you said, you almost want more than what was probably realistic with it being a mockumentary. If it was a documentary, it probably wouldn't have ended with all fairy tales and love and everybody's happy or victory yeah. saves the day if mm. she exposes her dad. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think I think I just sort of let let it do its thing. But that's the beauty of a mockumentary, I think. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen um seen Young, Young Offenders. I haven't, no. Oh, it's a film as well, isn't it? Yeah, I'm... but the series is ace. It's a similar thing where it's like but that's got more nice bits at the end, but they're very they're very sort of within their their lifestyles of being in like, you know, the darkest depths of of Ireland and being in such poverty. But it's that kind of thing that you just trust trust the writing and you think whatever happens, happens, and they'll make it so realistic, really, that you just love whatever happens. Yeah, and it, it could be... It, I mean, I, I've always got the feeling that it would be nice that they do Series 3 and they just tr- trundle on and they have their own little adventures, but nothing major happens. Mm. And then maybe in 20 years' time, they do a Series 4 and they're still in the village. Yeah. They're still, still sat at the bus stop. Still sat at the bus stop. They've still got their... their tracksuit on and that nothing's changed it's just that Kerry maybe Kerry's mum has passed on and she's got her own house and and that's just the the point of it is that nothing has changed right that nothing has changed but with Kerry would she have a family that's what I was going to ask I mean possibly yeah I wouldn't say there wouldn't be a family because obviously at the moment we're not sure because when we went to um, threatening letters the innocence of that we've spoken about it before does she or does she not know about the the sexuals (laughs) And things the, like the that. sexuals—is yeah. <laughs> that what you call it in your house? That's what it is now. Come on, love. It's a, it's Time a bit for like a bit of the sexuals. Les Dawson when he was <laughs> the sexuals. <laughs> there you go, kids. There's a reference we, for we you. Bring Les them out. Dawson. Yeah. yeah, Google it. Yeah. But, I mean, we've said it before, haven't we? Is that we? It seems at the moment she's got no concept of that kind of that thing. part of her. You know. I think in that episode, I I had kind of hoped. I was like, oh. 
maybe she's going to have a romance. And yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. Is this going to be like a car crash like it was for Kurt? And then, you know, but that didn't happen. No. She and seemed I, to have no concept of yeah. that side of the, like, the sexual side or somebody fancying her. I, 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 think I, I think I was just hopeful that maybe she thought, oh, okay. Mm. But she really didn't. No. So maybe that could come in the next series and maybe that she might become more aware of that being mm. a thing and coming on a radar. Because she can't be completely oblivious to it because of Curtin and, and his... Well, and she taps his um, yeah. cane dingle. Sexuals. Sexuals. <laughs> the sexuals. Yeah, but with cane dingle, she fancies him. Ah, but she says she doesn't, doesn't she? Although she's got a, a sticker book or whatever it is, a scrapbook full of pictures... Of her sexuals. The, the sexuals. The sexuals. Sorry, not the, her sexuals. The sexuals. That's a whole other book. Oh my God. I'm sorry I got the term wrong, yes. Neil. It's talking about the sexuals. You Is see, there going to be the... a special of this podcast on the sexuals? Yeah. You've got to we say might... it with a bit coy. But, uh, You've got to be careful. We might have to do that, a whole 90 minute special oh on God, do it. the sexuals. That's a new sitcom, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I want some. I want to cut that. Yeah, okay. it's a family, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Sexual. Yeah, you got Simon Sexual, the dad. <laughs> we can have Sophia Sexual. Yeah, you are. Oh, <laughs> the mum. Yeah. Oh, she's not old enough to be the mum. The daughter. All right, the Thank daughter. You. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yes. come on. Oh my god, it literally writes itself, doesn't it? Don't we'll give you a writing credit on it. Is that all right? Thank you so much. Yeah. No problem. That's, what I, oh, that's it now. I'm, we'll see I'm you at done. the Baftas yeah. next year. <laughs> That's going to pay for your trip to Nashville, I'm exactly. telling you that. Exactly, I'll take your boys with me. Yeah, absolutely. If they let us in. We'll just say copyright WTAF for yeah. the sexuals before any of you start writing it down before we've started doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands off. Yeah. yeah. Hands off indeed. No, I don't think we can go any further than that. We've, we've got a sitcom to write. Yeah, about the sexuals, but about, we've got to keep yeah. our hands off. The so. sexuals. Yeah. The sexuals. So many complications. <laughs> Oh, Sophia, thank you for coming That's and joining awesome us. Fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's you been know, ace. And when you want to record a podcast, come here. Come, come here and do it, and we'll talk <laughs> about country so music. I will so do it, and <laughs> I would love to. I'm going to take you both up on that. Yeah, absolutely. Introduce us to country music. Indeed. There you go. I will. And we'll, we'll schedule off. it around the sexuals. The sexuals. With Sean Connery. Schedule it around the sexuals. That's, that's a piece of hyperpector. Sean Connery is the grandfather of sexuals. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, grandpa sexual. Oh, no. Oh, God. Grandpa and grandma sexual. The trouble is you can't have, like, a... It has to be, like, teenage kids. Because you can't have, oh, there's little baby sexual. You can't have... Now no, you're no, really no, going no, you down a hole. Yeah, you're going to have to be careful. We're going to have to be very careful with it. It's this. a surname, isn't it? It is. And it's yeah. the escapades the surname gets them into. So you could have the kids. Oh, really, you've right? got to have like a college age and mm. then, or like university age and yeah. then like a high school age. Yeah, absolutely. We'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> Are they, have all the all the family members got to have an S for their sur? Their Not necessarily. Name? Not necessarily. I think That'd they be funny. should. Yeah. Well, we could. Yeah. So you got, should you got... we clear the mics and get brainstorming? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get going. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you, Sophie. It's been loads of fun. Oh, thank oh, you so awesome. much for inviting really me. Nice. I loved it. And I'm looking forward to Series 3 and, and all of your podcasts and, <laughs> you know, picking them apart. Oh, bless you. So what have you got coming up, though? Yeah. 
What have I got coming up? Um, that is a big question. Obviously, with Christmas time, that's when all the presenters go off and do their thing, and that's when I come in and take all of their jobs. Well, if, you want, if you want any co-hosts. Yeah, just... sure. Oh, my God, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing the evening show a bit over New Year's. So I'm doing New Year's Day, the 2nd and the 3rd, which will be really fun. So I'm presenting that at 7 till 10. Um, doing the races as well. I'll be at the races. Chanton Races, I'm a big horse racing fan as well, which, you know, just oh, drop right. that in there. Um, so I'll be doing lots of that, and I'll be continuing with my country music escapades. Awesome. I'm going to see a couple of artists soon, and I am going, it's not till March, but I'm so excited, I'm going to the Country to Country Festival in London to see some ace artists, so that's kind of in the distance, but I can't wait for that. So, and we just carry on delivering the news. I've got the election. Oh, that's I the can't biggie. believe I forgot that. Yeah. I mean, it's dictated my whole Election? Career. What's that? What's going on? <laughs> There's some vote that you got to put oh, a tick in a box. Yeah, and oh, I've yeah. got to be awake all night at, at some polling station. Are you doing the Jeremy Vine thing, are you? Not quite the Jeremy <laughs> Vine. I will be in Gloucester wondering who gets that seat. Oh. And I will have a kit of food that will take me through the night. I'll probably put on about a stone that night because right. that's normally what happens. You've got lots of snacks to mm. keep through. Start at nine o'clock at night and then I don't finish till six o'clock the following morning. Wow. Oh. Night shift. And then we've got a Christmas party. No, what, straight God. out at nine o'clock in the morning? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, not in the morning. That would be good, though. Yeah, Six a.m. Let's start this early. We've got a new government. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> what, what, what a way to start a party. Yeah, so, so yeah, so busy with work. Christmas coming up, you know, but I've just moved, so I'm kind of just enjoying settling for a little mm. bit, having fun, and then the new year, going to hit the ground running with presenting and being back on your radios. Wonderful. Brilliant. Fabulous. Well, we'll send you the link to the Black Feathers so you can check them out because Please we do recommend do. them without a shadow of a doubt. I will be so going to watch them because I love yeah. that. Mm. And we'll do that country podcast. Yes, we'll do the country please. podcast. Uh, we've got the sexuals to, to sort out, series one and series two. <laughs> yeah, of and, course. Um, in my mind, I've got like the Osbournes. But well, we've got we've, we've got a I've lot. I've got eight simple rules in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. And I've got open all hours. Are <laughs> <laughs> quite sure sexual. Why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why. Stuttering sexual. Yeah, there's one of them's got a stutter, but let's not go into that now. I think because, that'd be great. Because we're, <laughs> because we're, we're giving all our gold away. Yes, yeah, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Right, Hold it back. Come on, we've got a brainstorming. Uh, Neil, do you want to do your little bit of uh, housekeeping? Yes, I will have a go. I've been I'm on ready. a good run recently. You have been on a good run recently. So let's not break it. Don't we ruin it. are on all the social medias. You can find us under WTAF This Country. <laughs> I'm going to give you a half a bell for that Where's one. The w? I had a problem with the W. You thought you were underwater. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Who, knew? Who said I wasn't? Um, so you can also check out our website at wtafpodcast.com. I'm going to... <laughs> You're making me laugh. Missed... You're making me laugh. I missed the bell anyway. But you went having a bell. Oh, my God. I was doing so well. I was just there. I didn't really miss You're the putting bell. putting me off. And uh, what have I got now? Um, <laughs> oh, email us at WTAF, this country at hotmail.com. Done like a professional. Absolutely. They don't do that on the BBC, do they? Absolutely not. Yeah, you see.
Anyway, Sophia, thank you very much for being a wonderful guest. Thank you both so much for having me. Anytime. It will be a pleasure to have you back here sometime. Yeah. I'll bring you your bread and cheese and your wine. Yeah. <laughs> and you come and see me in the studio as well. We will. We will. Right? I promise everybody. you. you and let then us know, I will um... be not as kind to you guys, I promise. <laughs> no, that's fine. We like a bit of excitement. We love it. We can even bring some of our little our character friends like we did oh, our, yeah. when we did our... We did our um... For a moment, I was like, where are these little friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All in our minds. When we, did, when we did our hour on the the, the residency, yes. uh, it was so oh, much fun, so good, and it we was nice because so we used to do a Thursday night like in a podcast, like mm. a radio style show, yeah. And we used to have all these silly characters and stuff, and we brought a few of them back for that hour, and it was so much fun to bring it to dust them back off. And we'll it? bring them to your show. We'll bring oh them to gosh, yours. Let's yeah. do it in play the some new games. year. Yeah, play who, some who cares? Games. Yeah, who cares? We can do what we want. The rule book is out the window. Let's exactly. play some games and have some New Year's fun. Absolutely. So thank you very much, Sophia. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, everybody else, for listening, and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is, like, the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? As promised, here's a sneak preview of the This Country book as read by Kerry and Curtin. It's available at Amazon, all good bookshops, and also on all your audio devices. Go and buy it now. Len Spooky Village Tales by Len Clifton. Read by Kerry and Curtin Mucklow. The Vanishing Tour Guide. This ghostly tale's been heard from a few people over the recent years and it will send shivers down your spine. Our village, being nestled deep in the soft bosom of the Cotswold countryside, is a magnet for tourists from all over the globe. There have been many a tale of Japanese tourists being greeted off the coach in the marketplace by a gentleman wearing a tall stovepipe hat with a wide brim who shouts in an authoritative manner, This way! This way! The Japanese tourists follow him for up to 12 miles deep into the countryside, where the tour guide is known to drop to his knees, put his head in his hands and say, Shit, I don't know where the fuck we are, before vanishing into thin air. The chap in the top hat fits the description of a local tour guide known by the name of Ernie Garlic, whose trademark was wearing a tall stovepipe top hat with a wide brim. Tragically, Ernie took his own life in 1987 when he read a cruel review of one of his tours in the Cotswold Life magazine. The poor feller just weren't naturally blessed with the directional skills needed of a tour guide and was even known to get lost in his very own street. He suffered from a disorder called topographical agnosia which causes a person to have absolutely zero sense of direction. It's a comfort, however, to know that Ernie is still doing what he loves beyond the grave and guiding tourists into the arse end of nowhere. God bless you, Ernie, you half-wit. Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, 
top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The top 10 of anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.